Hello and welcome to another episode of Embodiment. This podcast is a place for those in the pursuit of creating a life that is the true medicine by essence, where how we choose to commune with ourselves, community, nature, and spirit reflects our state of health and well-being. The goal of this podcast is to give the power of healing back to you and empower you to create meaningful change in your life so that living healthfully and vibrantly is your natural state. We'll explore topics from Eastern and Western medicine, spirituality, quantum physics, to personal growth, food, food systems, and so much more. Some shows will be me sharing my experiences, while others will be interviews from experts, thought leaders, teachers, and more. And before we get into today's episode, please, wherever you listen to the podcast, one way you can support the podcast is by leaving a five-star review and a written review. It's so helpful. And be sure to like and subscribe to never miss an episode. You can also find me on my website at kaylaringdacm.com or on my Instagram at Ring. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode. I am excited to introduce today's guest, my dearest friend, Jean Pochet. But before I do, I just want to let you know that we experienced some technical issues towards the end of the episode. My audio unfortunately went out. So the last 15-ish minutes is just her speaking, which honestly is probably for the best because she's just such a wealth of wisdom. But to share a little bit about Jeanne, she is a mother, an entrepreneur, and teacher who is passionate about living a life of personal truth and authenticity. By discovering the financial and lifestyle means to create a sovereign and meaningful life while helping others to do the same. Along with her family of origin, she is part of a modern, independent family investment firm, the Dream Big Group. She lives with her husband and two young daughters on acreage outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, where she leads children's art and nature camps. She received her master's degree in integral health, focusing on the relationship between consciousness and creativity, which is wonderful, and also received a certification as a Waldorf teacher. Both have greatly formed her holistic and spiritual approach to how she and her husband raise their children and on what it means to be a human being in today's changing world. So with that, let's hop right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Dr. Kayla Ring, and today with me I have a really special guest, a friend of mine from several years back here in San Diego, John. And I'm so excited to, well, first of all, Sean, welcome, welcome on. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel so deeply honored that you are choosing to have me on the show, but also just to talk to you. I adore you and I respect you and I bow to you and I'm 
honestly just really excited to see where the conversation goes and to be here. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm super excited too, because I mean, with the communication, you know, that we've had over the past few years, I definitely feel like it's, um, we've deepened our connection. Um, but you know, I feel like one, we can like in all of our conversations, like we just start, we can get lost in conversation so easily. So I'm really eager to see where this will go. And we'll kind of have some like loose parameters and questions around uh, what we're talking about. But um, one of the things that I, I, well, why I reached out to you and I was like, I feel like my listeners, you know, or my audience on social media, you know, in large part, I feel like for me, science is a huge part of, of what I love to talk about, but same with spirituality. And I don't think that those are separate. Um, and what I love and admire about you is number one, your voice, your voice is just so authentically you, but so inspiring. Um, and your, what you communicate to your audience as well, as far as to me, what comes across as potential, the human potential, this, um, you know, idea of radical responsibility and how from this place you can create this, you know, beautiful life, um, regardless of what's happening in the outer world. Um, and so I know that you've had, I've actually never really heard the like background story too much, but I do know a little bit about your schooling, but I would love to hear, um, and have you share with us a little bit about your background and kind of like what you're up to now. Okay. Um, let's see. So I feel like I've had many lives in this life. Um, and I have this pattern of once I'm done, like a chapter, I am done a chapter, you know, like mm-hmm. I, like I don't associate with where I went to undergrad or I don't associate with my high school and not in a bad way, but I realized that it must be part of my design or something. Like I do something wholeheartedly and then I'm, I'm not that person anymore. And then I'm done. Mm -hmm. So anyway, looking back, um, I've done a few things, but I think the journey specifically to what you're talking about, um, begins when, I moved to Los Angeles to do wardrobe styling, and I didn't end up doing that for too long. I moved to San Diego to be with my now husband, and really, truly, because without going into a ton of detail, he was uh, deployed in Afghanistan, and while he was doing that and I was doing wardrobe styling, for me, it just put a lot of things into perspective about my life and what mattered to me about relationships and the quality of life, et cetera. I moved to San Diego with kind of no idea what I was doing next. I had always been interested in art therapy, but now looking back, it makes sense why I didn't go down that route, but it never, when I interviewed therapists and when I tried to like delve deeper down that route, there was something that just like didn't, I was like, this isn't it. Like I want it to be it, but this isn't it. Um, So I was actually just writing this morning about what I'm about to say, uh, I was reading The Artist's Way, actually, at the time. I had no idea what I was doing. I knew I wasn't the same person that I was before. I knew that, like, what I was doing in my life, that wasn't mine anymore. It was, like, it was kind of like the veil had been pulled off, and it will be again many times. But I was, like, oh, that's 
that doesn't, even if I wanted to go back, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. And, but I had no idea what was next. And, um, part of the artist's way is like, you take yourself on dates and then there are a lot of other things, but it was a lot of self-commitment and, I don't know how it happened, but I basically saw this listing in a health food store down the street from where we lived in San Diego, and it was a meetup for women. And I knew no one. I ended up going. Um, I tried to back out right before, which is how I always know I'm supposed to do something. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremy was like, no, I think you should really go. And so I went, and the woman talking was um, speaking about EFT, like energy tapping. Yeah. And I had never heard of it before. And to make a really long story short, that meetup like was like a domino effect for my life. It was like mm. everything was kind of set up or at least the next stages were set up. And all I had to do was like, I just like pushed a domino. And like for the next few years, it literally just like, da, 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 da. and I started seeing her. I, she was a therapist and I started learning about energy and the way energy moves in the body and like how it gets stored in the body and how just the whole realm of like quantum energy and my it's like I m malfunctioned in the best way possible like it was like things were like recomputing and I was like it made sense of so much what I had known and felt and spec spoke to me on such 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 a deep level um learning about energy learning about trauma learning about that I could it wasn't like I was completely healed from like things I had experienced, although it felt like it at the time, but that wasn't the case, but it was that I was getting tangible results from moving energy. And that was mm -hmm. fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. So from there, very quickly, I learned about this school called the California Institute for Human Science, and it's in Encinitas. And I ended up getting my master's there. So I enrolled like in the next few months mm -hmm. and I studied integral health, but I ended up having like, um, an emphasis on consciousness and creativity. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea where it was taking me. I just knew in my bones that I was on the right path. But it was kind of really, it was really uncomfortable and unsettling because all I wanted, I was in my 20s and all I wanted was to be on like this life path. Like I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be successful the way the world saw success. I wanted to be able to make like, enough money to be really comfortable and all of these things. And that's not the path I was on at the time. Like I was learning things that no one was talking about that I knew. I was doing things that felt so true to me that I couldn't do anything else, but like it didn't fit in the framework that I had currently lived. Um, okay. So that whole point of that school, it's so fascinating because this is what you love, but in the framework and in their kind of mission statement, their whole thing is to merge science and spirituality and show mm -hmm. that they're actually like one thing. Mm -hmm. And okay, so I studied there, which greatly affected my life. And I met my teacher um, or a man who would greatly influence me, who I still see today, who is a mixture of a shaman, a therapist, a professor, but he taught me consciousness studies and he changed my life irrevocably. And through him, I found the Waldorf Institute. Well, not the mm. Institute, the whole, the whole school system of Waldorf education, which is for those who don't know, it's an alternative education. It's 
it would be grouped under the same thing as like Montessori or Reggio um, or anything like that. It's, it's basically a holistic approach to education, but it's very steeped in esoterics as well. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so before I get into all that, I started my teacher training and Waldorf training. Um, and that, so that's kind of like the domino effect that it had. So I did my teacher, I finished up my master's degree while I was doing my teacher training. And I did my teacher training for three years in San Diego while I worked in the Waldorf schools out there. And that changed my life forever. That changed the way I saw childhood. That changed the way I saw the human being. That changed the way I completely changed the way I saw education and life in general. Um, It greatly affected the way I saw and it basically opened up a way, a whole like really deep remembering of family life and the way childhood can and in my opinion, ideally would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did all that until I was pregnant and I was working and training until I had my first child. And then we moved to Tennessee. And yeah. that was like a lot that I just threw at you, but that's yeah. kind of my story. Yeah. Um, and so we moved to Tennessee and we were in Nashville for about hmm, almost two years. Um, and I was staying at home. And then we've moved recently in the last, after 2020 happened, we moved to Acreage um, outside of Chattanooga. And that's where like, I feel like everything's kind of come online for me. And for work, we do entrepreneurship, but we also, I'm a mother of two young children and I'm starting to do camps and I'm kind of playing around with the whole, it feels like the entire background that I just explained is finally like kind of holistically falling into place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've actually never heard anybody else kind of echo the same feeling that I've had where, um, like looking back, you know, like I no longer identify with the person that I was in high school or in college or whatever. It's, it's almost feels like a faint memory, you know, like I can, I, and I often forget a lot, like large parts of, of it too. Cause it's almost Huge like, parts. yeah, like, okay, well, I, 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 I got what I came for in that situation and I've, you know, I don't know, evolved to a different place. And so I, yeah, it's just a weird feeling to no longer feel connected to that place or that person, but you still, you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I still kind of like look the same and, you know, <laughs> very grateful though for, for that path. And, and for me, it's always like my path never, never necessarily like made sense going forward, but it's almost at like the culmination of this next phase of, or of that part of my life, looking backwards, I was like, ah, well, I had to go through all these different things and it has prepared me perfectly to be exactly where I'm at right now. Um, and I think that that's like a beautiful part of like the unfolding of life and like truly, um, like listening to, or following the breadcrumbs of where you're being led, you know? Um, so I'd love to hear 
you know, a little bit more, well, there's some, <laughs> I'm like, I have notes going right now. <laughs> um, I'm for sure going to have to uh, find the artist's way and start looking and reading that. Um, oh, it's so good. It's a, yeah. um, have you ever heard of it? No. It's like a, it's a whole thing. Like it's not just a book you read. So it's, uh, I'm totally blanking, but it's like, 12 weeks or something and you commit to it. Mm -hmm. And so it's much like, it's a process and you will not be the same person coming mm -hmm. out of it than you went in, but you, it's a commitment. So you have to do like, you write every morning, it's morning pages, you take yourself on dates, but there's like, and each week you do something. I don't remember it all, but, um, it's not just a book. Like it's like, mm -hmm. you're going in for, for like a, a, not a revamp, but you're going in for a journey and you're going to come out who you are, but like not who you were when you went in. Right. Almost, it almost kind of feels like an excavation of sorts, you know, yeah. like yeah. A, a more intimate, intimate understanding um, and deep dive of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, touching a little bit more on like, um, like, the schooling that you went through and then working with, with one of your teachers on consciousness, uh, how has that number one, what does that mean? What does that look like, um, for, you know, anyone listening and how has that impacted what you're creating today? Okay. Let's see. So, I honestly don't even remember what my consciousness studies classes were about, like mm -hmm. to be completely honest. And I um, actually heard a talk yesterday that made me feel like sane and seen, um, but it was from Guru Jagat and she was talking about something, I don't know what she was talking about, but in it she mentioned that the age that we're moving into, this Aquarian age, is it's like you can read all the things and you can intellectually understand like the concepts of consciousness or of energy or of mudras or of whatever they are. Um, but truly it's a knowing and it's an experience. And I felt that really deeply when I was looking back, it was like, I was where I was supposed to be at the time, like a hundred percent. I was supposed to be in that schooling. I was supposed to be in this school. I was supposed to be doing these things, but I was coming at it from an intellectual approach, even though I could feel things like it was all intellectual and it was very hard to grasp. So it was like, I was just touching like the top surface. Mm -hmm. Um, and there would be in both of my, um, schoolings in my master's program and also my teacher training, the information was, you can write about it, but it's all experiential. Like it was everything from quantum physics to shamanism to, like the education of a child and the forming of worlds. Like it was like, it's, it's, it could take lifetimes to study. And it's like, you're reading it in a paragraph. And so you grasp whatever you grasp, but I would find that, um, it's like, you could grasp it, write it on a page, but like it meant something, but it really was like letting it sit inside of me for months or for like a year and then mm -hmm. be like, Oh, that's what, that meant. And now like legitimately it's letting it sit inside of me for six years, letting it live mm -hmm. sit inside of me for five years, whatever. And things are coming full circle. Not, I won't say full circle in the next iteration. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, 
that's what that is, you know? And I, that's not to say that you shouldn't expose yourself in the beginning. You have to start somewhere, but where I was starting was like just the surface and it's where I had to start. Um, so all that to say, I don't even remember what all of the studies were, but what it did for me and what my classes did for me and what my teacher did for me was first and foremost, I felt seen. Um, I always have historically gone through life or had up to that point with feeling like, I know it sounds like a cliche, but feeling like I was living in a different world. Like I felt like I was feeling things. I was acutely aware that I was feeling things that people around me were not feeling. Um, not like on an energetic level or yeah, like on an energetic level. Mm -hmm. And of course that manifests itself in other ways. Um, like for me, it would be like what they categorize as depression later in life or something like that. But like Mm -hmm. from a young child, I was aware that I was feeling things. And then later you realize that everyone has some, some experience of this. So you're really not that unique at all. Like, but, um, but at the time it felt like I was point being, I, um, it's very ethereal, but like when I learned more terminology, it made me feel sane because it's like I had the vocabulary for what I was experiencing for so long because it was all energetics. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I would be in the same space as people, but I was aware that like, I was like on a different, not frequency, but like I was on a different bandwidth almost. So like what I was feeling was different. So like what brought people satisfaction wouldn't necessarily bring me satisfaction or like what Mm. I wouldn't. And that sounds melancholic, but I don't mean it like that. Just, just that I could feel something that wasn't normally felt. And I so desperately as a child wanted to just feel what everybody else was feeling. Mm. Um, So anyway, uh, learning all this just made sense. Like that's the best way I could describe it. Like the more I would learn about consciousness studies and energetics and patternings and like esoterics, the more it's like the world makes sense to me. Like this makes, this just makes sense to me for, for no other reason than I feel like I'm coming home to something and I'm not an outsider. And, um, and what my teacher has done for me is really given me a framework for a way to approach life. So whenever I have kind of like, whenever I'm feeling like things have gotten to be a little bit like a lot for me to handle, or I'm kind of losing touch on like my grasp of things, he's like been a touchstone for me. But um, yeah, he, the way he works is through like visual meditation a lot. Um, and so at big pivotal points in my life, I'm able to go through like, I don't, wouldn't call it necessarily a shamanic journey, but like a meditation envisioning and really like play with the energetics of my life and like kind of see my life from more of a bird's eye view mm. and and walk the path that way. I don't know. I don't know if I'm describing it accurately or correctly or in a way that makes sense, but uh, really has helped me come out of the like muck or the drama of the third dimensional, like materialistic reality Mm -hmm. and play with the higher energetics of a situation and touch 
to my higher self. Like, so kind of like that core of who I really am and orchestrate my life from that place, from that like frequency. And when I do that, when I orchestrate it from a pure frequency, what happens is like so much more satisfying and often doesn't make sense for like a year or two. Like, you know, like I look back and I'm like, that's what I was doing. That's fascinating. Mm. But, uh, I kind of feel like I've been given a cheat sheet, but I haven't. It's just, it's like bypassing the lower realm and like going straight for, for something higher, for something a little bit truer, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's coming from a more like, I mean, aligned and a centered place, but you know, kind of what I'm hearing, you know, and I was just having this conversation with someone the other day where I was like, you know, it's not until I actually like, I can conceptualize or I can on an intellectual level, like understand these concepts, you know, that these consciousness concepts are, um, uh, but it's not until I actually like experience it and embody it myself. Like it's almost like, yeah, like I have to experience it first before I like, I get it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a form of integration. Um, yeah. and it's like a, you know, there's layers to it kind of like what, you know, you started what you were saying when you felt like when you started, it was like very surface level. But to me, like, I mean, we all kind of have to start there, you know? Um, and from there it's like, okay, as, as I continue to walk down this path, I start to learn and understand these things on a much more profound, um, and deeper like level. And oftentimes I'll see like, you know, where I feel like I understand a certain concept and then it crops up in a different area of my life. And I was like, oh, well, just another way to learn it a little bit deeper, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think coming from this higher perspective, that's the difficult part is like learning to, like I had the most profound experience of like several weeks ago where it was like in the moment I felt like I was actually able to like sit above what was happening in my world in a physical world. And I could just from a very peaceful place and I could observe, it was like in the moment I was sitting in that seat of, of the observer and I felt far more connected right? Even though everything around me felt a little more like chaotic and out of my, my hands, I felt like I was, um, like number one, it, it was all happening for me. Um, and I was better able to number one, lean into faith and trust, but I could make better decisions. It was like, yeah, like it was the information was just like flowing through me because I was in this um, more integrated place. And I know that we've talked about it before when that to me, when that happens, when we're in this like um, truly like aligned place that can't not translate to every area of your life. Right. In a physical oh, yeah. experience, the emotional, mental, the spiritual world. Um, so, you know, how has, or I'm just curious so much about like, you know, over the past few years, I've personally witnessed like you change, the world changed so much, but how has your experience with coming 
you know, tapping into this more, what I'm hearing from you is like from this more feminine, like yin state of, um, co-creating, how has that, um, how have you leaned more into it? How has that changed your physical experience? Um, and how, I guess, is that starting to change how you are working in, you know, the wonderful, all the wonderful projects that you have going on? That's a lot of questions in one. <laughs> if I forget one, just circle back to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to talk. Uh, well, thank you for saying that because I feel like we, while I, my experience has been very different the last few years and I am not the, not even remotely the same person. It's funny. Like we were talking about like the way I see myself like three years ago, I can barely even relate to that person, even though I can, I'm like, that's not even who I bet on a cellular level. I'm not Mm -hmm. the same. Like Mm -hmm. I am, I would not be surprised if like you could go in and like do testing and they'd be like, yeah, no, none of you, like, yeah. that's not the same anymore. <laughs> like you are different. Um, but, but, you know, at least for me, and I think for most of us, we're pretty hard on ourselves, even though I, I'm trying to practice like really noting my own victories and being kind to myself. You know, just yesterday I was like, I live only in my masculine. And so like, you're like, oh, I see you're living in your feminine. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, <laughs> I guess that. <laughs> So thank you. Yeah. Before I feel like I was thinking about this because you had sent me some questions and I didn't like really like answer them, but I kind of like have had them percolating in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest changes I feel like I feel there's so many, there's so many I could talk forever, but one of the like biggest tangible changes is I don't feel like I'm fighting anymore. Like Mm. I don't get me wrong. Like, yes, like daily struggle, like daily, like I'm like, nope, that like I can feel like the want and the desire and like where I can surrender much more. And like, yes, like I have all of those ego moments constantly, but I mean like overall broad spectrum of my life. I'm not fighting. Like I'm not like, or not to the same degree. I'm not like pushing to make something happen. Even when I was doing my schooling and my studies, it's like I was on that path, but I was like, I have to do this. Like I have to accomplish this and I have to like, and it felt very like, like I remember when I started my first LLC, it was like blood, sweat, and tears, even though it wasn't like I would meditate before every time I sat down, but it was like, I was forcing, you know what I mean? Like it was like, it Mm -hmm. felt like I was forcing everything even when I was like magically following the breadcrumbs and it was a domino effect, it still had that quality to it. There was also a big quality of being accepted by society. And like in my, my niche, um, what I cared about society, which has never been broader society, but it was a very like specific form of society. And I still do care. Don't get me wrong, but that's been one of the most freeing aspects is like Mm. not performing for other people as much and performing, speaking from myself and for myself versus performatively and living performatively. Mm -hmm. And, and that's been a huge shift. So it's like the, the forcing and the performance aspect, the like 
I have to be accepted. Even though like that's not what I would say out loud. That was definitely driving behavior, like saying the right thing, doing the right thing, um, acting in a way that fit a certain image, um, in a specific idea I had for my life. It's very energetic, the shift I felt, so I'm trying to put words to it. But um, when, when lockdown happened, I think, you know, like I became a mom and that shifted things and I became a mom again and that shifted things. And I greatly was shifting. I was totally shifting. But for me, the, the like psh, came the spring of 2020 for sure. Like mm -hmm. when I was sitting in our backyard over and over again and what was like the world on lockdown actually was like like the removal of like tons of like internal shackles for me like I felt like I was like unlocking like so many handcuffs and so many chains and so many that will continue for my entire lifetime to be unlocked but um that was a big, big shift. And where I think that came from was everything got quiet. Like everything got quiet. And I remember feeling we had a two-year-old and like a nine-month-old at the time. And um, it felt so good for everything to stop. And I know that there was an is which we agree on a massive shadow aspect of that. Absolutely. But the light aspect of that was like everything stopped and there was like nothing but you and yourself mm -hmm. and nothing but like you and these questions that I probably would have run from. I would like to think that I would have addressed them like later in life and like five years and 10 years but I could have gone my whole lifetime without addressing them. I'm sure. I'm sure mm -hmm. of it. Um, <laughs> and that looks a lot like my relationship to death, my relationship mm. to life, um, my relationship to what really mattered, what I truly cared about. So like when you're, when I, there was no longer a performance aspect to my life, when it was just me and my family and those souls that I chose to incarnate with and be with and do this with, like what mattered and what were we doing? And when I started to answer really hard questions and like follow them all the way through or to the best of my ability to be like, well, if I believe this, then that means I have to live like this. And that means then, you know, like, and followed it all the way to the end what was left was really uncomfortable, but really liberating. And that's where I feel like just like a huge opening came for me and a huge surrender and a, a massive co-creation um, that has just continued to unfold. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I, I mean, where I feel like we like, we reconnected and, and, such a more like profound and, and deeper way too. And it was like, you know, spring of 2020. And then, I mean, 
I don't feel it quite as intensely now, but maybe that's because I, you know, on the other side of it, I feel like there's been more integration. A hundred percent. It's so different. And we can talk about that too, but it's like, there's been, I was speaking recently about this, but there's a certain bandwidth of consciousness and frequency that I feel like you're like, we're on a very similar, like we're touching something similar Mm -hmm. and there's many people I know that are, and you could feel it was like a big activation. Mm -hmm. And then like, now it's the integration. Like now it's something else. Go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but so it's like, and, and something that has been like, I've really reflected on over the past few months has been like how much of my um, external environment or how much, how much of it am I creating from, from my inner space? Right. So if I'm I've really been leaning into, okay, like I, I don't want to participate in the chaos in the outer world. So I really have to hone in on what's happening with me, but it was such a jarring experience for everybody. Right. There was this moment of peace and solitude, which, um, that moment was also a very long moment too, but especially at the very beginning, right. It was, it offered a little bit of relief where we're going back to the masculine and feminine energies that we were touching on. It's like, you know, we, as a society, right. We just pushed and pushed and pushed for so long. And all of a sudden it was like, we were forced to rest for a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, let's get real about number one, what's going on. Number two, like what, what, really, what are my values, you know, when Mm -hmm. confronted with these, oh man, I've never really thought about it before like this. Um, and it really like held up a mirror to, in my opinion, everybody, but you know, to, uh, keep it on myself, like it held up a mirror for me as far as like, Oh man, like what have I been participating in this whole time? Unconsciously and consciously, you know, like in what ways had I been giving away my power or, um, uh, like continuing to push in this masculine state and something that, you know, I, maybe we'll touch on it, but, you know, we've, we've discussed it before too, where like, man, I feel like my default has been, I don't think at my core essence, um, I, I thrive in a masculine state. I feel obviously like, you know, ebbing and flowing through it, um, is, we have to. Um, but I feel like my default had been in this masculine state just because of so many factors. It's where I felt safest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's the thing that I know how to do best. Right. Yeah. Um, but do I have to push quite as hard? And I realized how much my health was tied into, or the decline of my health was tied into me moving in this masculine state. And as I've started to step into a more creative feminine state, how I have healed in many ways and in many layers. Um, But, you know, with this, so I guess like how has, I feel like so many, so many different things, um, you know, with feeling like you don't have to push quite as hard. Number one, how do you feel like you've like come how do, how do you access that? What is that process for you? Um, and yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um, so I think it's been realizing that, so 
been blessed enough to experience the way things feel. So it's like, I have to feel something first because I intellectualize a lot and I, yeah. And, but if I can feel something and tap into it, then it's like, once I know something to be true, I can't argue with it. You know what I mean? Like, so you can like have all these beautiful ideas of the way things work and how, you know, all these like, not new agey ideas, but all these like platitudes. And you're like, yes, that's true. But, but when you experience it, it's different. When you, when you've felt it in your system or your reality for me, then it's like, oh, I know that to Mm -hmm. be truth. So I say that to say, um, once I could be honest with myself and saw, and it's an idea I'm still playing with, but how, something shifted. For me, I believe in the collective. I believe in the collective consciousness. I believe in the energy. But the way things happen now is not the same as the way they did happen anymore. You could still you could still mechanically go through your day. You could still force and you will get certain results, but those aren't the results I'm looking for. Like those I'm not those aren't satisfying and that's part of you when you talk about the values that came into play. When I had to get really real with myself about like it was such a blessing because it put everything into focus, right? And so it's like, I don't actually care about those things. And so like those pathways and those structures and those things to bring success or satisfaction, that does not bring me that. So therefore, they kind of have lost their effect or their power or like that. that's, that's not the way I do things and that's not the way I get results. And so therefore, looking at when I felt most alive, most integrated, most like, oh, this is why I'm here or this is this is what it can feel like to be here was when I felt extreme magic. And those moments happened so often when I like just jumped, like when I literally just, just jumped. And it isn't as simple as that. It was like envisioning something and like either locating, okay, like something that what, okay. Being honest enough with myself Mm -hmm. to see what wasn't working in my life. So saying like, I actually don't want this or I actually don't like, this doesn't work for me. What's working for other people doesn't work for me. And that's a scary thing to admit, you know, cause it's not fun. And so identifying that and then identifying, even if it's not the exact thing, but like the feeling that I want or like the space that I want and inevitably something shows up and it's like, and it's the leap. It's the surrender. It's the like, this makes no sense on paper, but I'm going to do it. And those have been the most like magical parts of my life for years, for years and years. The biggest, most magical parts have been when I've leapt and done something like move across the country and not know anyone, completely change careers, completely what whatever, you name it. Um, and there's been multiple times that I've done that. And each time increasingly is more magical. Um, But when the shift that you're asking about, it happened when, for me to make sense of it, when we thought we wanted to move this way, we live right outside of Chattanooga, right outside of Chattanooga, like on the bottom of the mountain range. And we always loved, or for a year or so after we had visited, Mm -hmm. we had loved the way this place made us feel. 
like energetically when you drive this way from where we had lived before, you could feel a shift. Both my husband and I could feel a shift like in our bones. This place made us come alive. It made us like feel at home. It didn't make any sense. We didn't know anyone here. We don't, we didn't know anything about the place. And it's not like it was like we were going for industry or like schooling or anything like that. Like it was literally just like, oh, that's, that's a good feeling. Like that feels like life. And we reasoned it away and like all the ways that you reason it away. Like we had just bought a home. We had just had a baby. We had just had another baby. And then all of this happened and we were like sitting in our backyard and I was like, what are we doing? Like, why not? Like, why don't we just go? And I'm telling you this story because it was like, once I made that big decision and more so once we made that as a team and as a unit in union, that like that was our value system, that we prioritized that feeling, that we prioritized our soul's longing and that we trusted it, that I'm formulating this as I'm speaking. That was a huge pivot because it was like we were we were agreeing, we were showing whatever you want to call it, God, source, the divine, we were like saying like, we're, we can hand, like we were responsible enough to trust this. We are ready to hold this like code, to hold this structure. We value it enough. Like we have the, the sight enough to realize that this is what this is, you know? And when we did that, like things just kind of started moving in a different way than before. Like, yes, when we leap, things happen. And that's, I think what's happening every time you leap into the unknown, into the mystery. But this one was like a different pivot and it felt really different. And I know multiple people who have had like a similar story during this time. Um, our house sold before it even went on the market. And we found this, we, we live on over 10 acres. We toured it for like 10 minutes. I'm not joking. Like I, we knew nothing about the town. We knew not like people would ask where we're moving and we're like, <laughs> would have to like Google the like name of the place. Um, and since then we found wonderful community. I mean, not that it, okay. Well, we found wonderful community. We found a beautiful school. Um, our business has changed completely. The way we live has changed completely. And it has not been a walk in the park. It has not been like, Oh, here you go. Mm-hmm. But it changed the way we started creating and the way we started trusting and specifically like it's the land for us too it's like I feel held by the land we're on and I'm very aware that we're on a structure this structure that holds certain codes that's feeding us right now and so it carries us when like we get too much in our head I think when we get Mm -hmm. too much in our like what are we gonna create what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was starting to see how beautiful things could happen Um, and how there were multiple times when I tried to exert myself, particularly in work life or in other life, like where I tried to like do, 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 and then the project would fall apart. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't attach myself to this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that completely answers your question, but it was feeling the way the creation felt and that it was different and that the act of creation 
actually felt good in my body. And it doesn't mean that it didn't take work, but it's a different kind of work. And the work is like internal. The work is like correcting my energy. The work is tuning into myself. The work is being clear about what I'm like relaying with. Mm. And that's the work. It's not like running myself in circles so I can do this like really ineffective thing. Like, you know, yeah. like you could work for like four weeks creating a website or a post or a podcast or a blog and like no one even sees it or it doesn't matter versus really like birthing something from you that can almost feel effortless and it mm. creates a, it's realizing that the way things affect change is different too. that. Like you might not see it in like the immediate, but it will create greater effect that way. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, have you read the surrender experiment? No, but it sounds beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same author that wrote the untethered soul. Michael Singer. Uh Yeah. And I read this book like two months ago and man, well, he really walks you through like, his whole life experiment, uh, experiment experience, um, and how he was, um, like moving from this deeper space, uh, more and more and how he just surrendered to like what life was presenting to him. So even though like he would have things like, you know, come into his experience and he was like, I don't know if I really want to go that way, but life seems to be opening up in this way. And so I've made the commitment that I'm going to start leaning into that and it would just blossom. I mean, and you know, sometimes it would take like years, but it was always like, you know, the more he leaned into this like space of surrender and this space of faith and trust, like he was held more and more. He, you know, created more and more bigger and bigger. Um, and, and he would get tested in, in really big ways. Like, can you truly surrender the outcome to this and still trust that you're held and that you're safe? Um, and so, you know, I think when you were speaking about like, you know, each time you've, you've taken the leap, you know, it's like you're, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Right. But to me, when, and it, again, it's not to say like, you don't have to like physically take steps, like, you know, in the, in the masculine, you actually have to like do and, you know, move yeah. forward. Um, but it's almost like, I'm curious your thoughts here. Like it originates from this feminine yin state where you're connected and you create from this more aligned place and then you have to follow up with, okay, then there's action steps on the backside, but keep coming back to this, this deeper place within you that's connected to all of creation. Right. Um, and when things open up to you in that way, to me, like that's, that's when you know you're in flow. That's when you know you're in the right direction, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's the beautiful part of it too. Cause it's, you know, I think a lot of us, like we, instead of leaning into uh, I'm guilty myself, so I'm not saying this from any like point of criticism, but like 
we can so easily, um, when we can't see, when there's too much of an unknown, that we don't lean into that space of trust and faith and surrender. And we move into a little more fear because, you know, if we just, we know what to expect when we're going this way, or this is how we've done things, right? Um, But there's so much potential on the other side of releasing, surrendering to, okay, well, it looks like the open door is over here. (laughs) Let's try to walk through that instead of, you know, moving towards a closed door or, you know, whatever. Um, And I love that you, you said that it's a feeling for you because a lot of us, or I feel like we've been conditioned to not trust our emotions or not to think of them as anything else but emotions. And I've had it echoed back to me that, you know, like, yeah, emotions aren't logical, you know, but Mm -hmm. to me, it's almost like, okay, I mean, but yes, but it tells you your boundaries. It, it tells you direction in my, like, they're almost like guiding lights, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to me, I'm curious for yourself, like when you said that it was like a feeling to me, like peace is the great decider, right? Like when, when I have peace about something like, okay. And it's almost like I have to check in with myself. Like it could almost be moment to moment where I'm like, okay, does this bring me peace or Mm -hmm. does this, you know, or, or am I anxious or whatever? Do I feel unsettled? Do I feel confused? And starting to be able to identify that more and more as we work through our lives. Like I also feel like that can afford us um, our highest creation, if that makes sense. Yes. That following peace can afford us our highest creation. Yeah. Or leaning into those feelings more and more. But if we can learn to just like, in my experience, it's like, okay, if, if this is bringing me peace, if this is bringing me joy, then I'm going to keep almost kind of like Abraham Hicks, right? Esther Hicks. Like if you Mm -hmm. just keep following those as our guiding lights, then more and more it just starts to like bloom and manifest. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, It's like I can get in my head about a lot of these concepts because, you know, sometimes doing on the flip side, sometimes doing what is necessary in the masculine to make things happen, like to do the things doesn't always feel good because, and what I mean by that is like, there's a lot of sometimes resistance when you're touching on something like a breakthrough. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot Mm. of, um, Like when you're rewiring patterns and when you're doing things differently, it doesn't necessarily feel good. Um, But that actually reminds me of a video that I just watched from Phil Good. And he was talking about like, it was something else, but he was talking about the way we're shifting and growing in consciousness and that the pain that we're experiencing when you're on this journey, when you're aligned, when you're like following the peace, it was in a different regard, but the pain you're feeling isn't like pain that's bringing being brought in it's actually pain that has been stored in your body like for the Mm. from this lifetime or from generations from ancestral it's 
pain that's been lodged in that's being released. So often the pain that we're feeling, the resistance or whatever, it's because we're releasing it. That's why we're feeling it, but it has to come up. And that's kind of tangential, but um, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think there's a line because or I think there's a discernment. I think that's a better word for it because I think the more you practice it, the more discerning you get, or that's been the case yeah. for me. So whereas before, you know, like you meet resistance, still do, still do every day. Like yeah. you meet, I meet, I meet resistance. I meet like these limiting thoughts, these like self doubts, all of like the nasty things that come up in your head. But the more that you do it, the more discerning you get, or the more discerning I get, the more mm -hmm. I like can notice oh, this feeling is just like frustration. But I know that if I sit down to write, if I like commit to myself and get through this feeling, I'm going to feel liberation. I'm going to mm -hmm. feel whatever it is um, versus the, and I can feel that the difference of that feeling verse or like the resistance of having a tough conversation with my husband or like, a financial conversation or a relationship conversation and like can see that the behavior there and the self-talk there is resistance to like greater change to mm -hmm. like, do, do you know what I mean? And like, that's a different feeling and it's learning and I'm learning that's a different negative feeling than like the feeling of forcing something or the feeling of doing something that's not in alignment, the mm -hmm. feeling of like, like for me, it's become like almost unbearable when I'm doing something that really isn't in my highest good. I feel it physically now. So I like start to get sick almost immediately. Like I will like mm -hmm. get really low energy. Last year I would get a fever every time I got out of alignment. I'm not joking. Oh. I was like, wow. Oh yeah. Well, a fever or a sore throat for months. And I was like, it was like a huge lesson. Like it was like, it was kind of like, I was in a crash course of like, this is what it feels like to be in alignment. This is what it mm. feels like to be out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And I swear if I was out of alignment for a few days, I would get a sore throat or I would yeah. get a fever. And I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel it really fast now. Um, and I'm assuming that it'll just get more drastic. So I'm trying to really listen to it. Uh, but my point there is it, it's taking some discernment and it's taking practice. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, and a big thing for me is I've been doing morning practices. So I've been waking up like before my family gets up and I'll do Kundalini every, almost every morning, um, mm -hmm. like take a cold shower. But basically everyone I think has their own form of that. For me, that's my practice right now that gets mm -hmm. me in touch with like the core of myself. Yeah. And from that space is where I move. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hope that answered your question, but it's like, a big discernment for me of what's resistance to growth and just being scared and what's actually not in alignment. And they're two very different feelings. But I think when you're just like in fight or flight and running around, you don't even discern them, you know, and you mm -hmm. just, and when you're in fight or flight, which I'm realizing how often I am, you don't, or I don't, I, I fall into habit and those habits aren't, um, aligned habits or conscious habits are actually like really limiting habits. And that's been really humbling and moving from a place of feminine is totally different. And I think that 
it's massively conditioning on our society's part, but it's also uncomfortable for us because what it is, is, or in my experience, it's letting go of all the effort. It's letting go of like, it's like, you're like, you've been in this fight or I've been in this fight. You wouldn't categorize it like that, but this effort for so long and to relax into the feminine is to say like, that's not needed or that doesn't work. And that's kind of a huge blow to the ego, you know, like a huge blow. Cause it's like, what have I been wasting my time on? Like I've been wasting my time and my energy for so long. Um, so yeah, I think it's coming from the feminine. And for me, once I'm in the circles or the masculine, that's the, that's the practice is to go back to the feminine. So like, can I check in with that multiple times a day? Cause Cause sometimes I'm not, you know, like I'll start from that space and I'll like tap into it once or twice more, but with young kids and with like the way I live my life, like I'll find myself at the end of the day, like in a, like frazzled. And I'm like, I haven't stopped. Like I haven't just like come back to my feminine aspect. And when I do literally everything shifts. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I find it curious that you, that you say that when you notice that when you're in fight or flight, that you almost kind of move back into old habits, which makes complete sense to me, right? Because if we're in this state, then we're in survival. And so we go back to our like means of survival, right? Those are like the habits that we've picked up and, again, for me and how I, you know, I've never heard someone frame it that way before, but it makes sense. And, and, um, like going, I picked up these habits along the way because that's how I learned to get by or I learned to survive. Um, and it takes discernment, like great discernment now. And, when trying to communicate that to other people and how I've, it's almost like the more and more present you become, the more you can start to pull apart, like, okay, like, and, and let me preface this that, that number one, I'm not perfect at doing this, but number two, like, it has taken me 10 years yeah. <laughs> to get to where I'm at right now, as far as like being able to slow down enough to be like, Mm, I see myself and my potential to go down an old Mm -hmm. road. And right now I, I can give myself permission, right. To slow down enough to be like, okay, but what's really happening here underneath this? What's driving it? Can I choose to show up a different way? Because, you know, like, I feel like sometimes, um, some of the habits that we've picked up are still self-serving. And so there's the discernment there. Does this still serve me in my highest path? You know, and that can change day to day. Um, But being able to like pull that apart a little bit more so that we are coming from a more integrated and aligned place. Like am I acting, behaving and responding um, in my highest path and potential? Um, and I think that that also can be really potent as well, because it, it gives number one, you take responsibility back, but number two, you realize you have choice. Mm -hmm. And when you realize choice, 
which let me just say as well, especially with 2020, like I didn't realize how much choice I had in how I live my life and how I choose to show up and, you know, the values that I have now, um, that when you realize that you have choice, like that to me has great potential for change, change in your life. Um, and when, and like, I didn't even know that I had, (laughs) that I had (laughs) choice, you know, where I thought that I did like, Oh, I'm, I'm the creator of my world or whatever, but I didn't realize until the, you know, 2020 really hit how much choice I have. Yeah. Right. And the power is really on myself. That's and sorry, go on. No, like that, that's just where like the potential for really, really creating from this deep place, right. Creating the world and the life that you, that you want and want reflected back to you. Like that's where I feel like there's multiple places where there's power to do that, but that is definitely one place is when you can recognize that there is choice. That's so profound. I think that's more profound than we realize or that I realized. And to hear you say it like that is really profound to hear. So thank you. Mm. But cause when, when you realize that you have choice that changes everything, Like it literally changes everything because what it does is it puts the responsibility back on you. And most of us do not Mm -hmm. want to feel the responsibility. Like it is so much easier to say, I don't have a choice to unconsciously Mm -hmm. say you don't have a choice, like consciously. Yes, too. But there's so many areas that still, you know, like that still, I have not examined. I'm positive where I'm saying I don't have a choice. Like this is the way it has to be. But when you, can remind yourself that actually you are that powerful, that you have a choice. Mm -hmm. It changes everything. Like it takes, Mm -hmm. the illusion is no longer real. And when the illusion is no longer real, it is completely sobering and humbling and disorienting. And sometimes Mm -hmm. really you kind of just want to crawl in bed and like cry. Like, I mean, all the different levels wow. that that's happened in my life, like it, because we weren't, and this, I'm not saying this from victim consciousness, but because as a society, we were not, and as a human race, we were not brought up currently to understand that or to know that, to learn that becomes almost too much for many of human, much of humanity to bear because the implications of that are so large. That means like now you have to go and figure out, well, one, what you want to choose, but two, what the options are three, how to do it. Like it's overwhelming. And that in a very tangible way that I'm, that comments for like, how do you want to live? Like, how do you like physically want to live? because you have a choice, but the other like Mm -hmm. more spiritual, emotional, esoteric approach is wait, I'm choosing how I want to experience this moment. I'm choosing my reaction. I'm choosing Mm -hmm. my experience. Um, for me, it's 
something I've played around with probably for the last two years is like my addiction to suffering and humanity's addiction to suffering mm-hmm. on a great scale, but my Jean Poche's addiction to suffering. And I would venture to say that most of my issue issues in life are on me, like are my choice to continue to suffer because I'm not sure why that's another conversation. You know, you can pick that apart. Um, Is it fear of what that much goodness feels like? Because honestly, when you let that much light in it, it hurts in the best way, you know, but it, because it's so vulnerable for me, for me, it's so vulnerable because it's so beautiful. And what my like monkey or human mind does is say like, oh, this is foreign. Oh, I could lose it. Oh, this is too much. You know, like, oh, how do I, how do I hold this? How do I structurally hold this much light in my life? And I've had the really interesting phenomenon of holding more and not being able to hold it in the last year or two and watching like what that looks Mm -hmm. like. And then like trying to rebuild that. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's really fascinating and something I'm extremely interested in. And I, I personally believe everything from like abundance to like material, material experiences to psychic experiences to emotional, most like, or the or majority are coming from the stories I tell myself about what is possible. And then like, if I can break those apart more, like what, am I choosing to experience and what am I ready? I heard it said or read it said the other day that like true change happens. And I I know this to be true and I believe it to be true when like the old pattern, like the consequence of the old pattern is more painful than the pattern itself. So like for me, like I can feel the pattern playing out in a lot of ways in my life. Like, and now I'm conscious of the patterns. Now I'm like, oh, that's a pattern. This is a stupid pattern. Yeah. I don't like this pattern. Why the hell am I playing this pattern? But until, yeah. until like I can recognize that the consequence of the pattern is like way more painful mm-hmm. or like just isn't working, if till that beca- like outweighs like the actual, um, what am I trying to say? Like the actual inconvenience of the pattern or like destruction of the pattern, then I won't change. Does that make sense? Um, so it's like, it's almost like having, not having, or maybe getting the opportunity to see the way the pattern's affecting you and to feel like the reality of that. Mm -hmm. And then that's the moment Mm -hmm. when you're like, I can't do this anymore. It's done. Yeah. So, okay. So almost like, uh, at that point, like a point of, of release mm-hmm. and surrender. Yeah. 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 Cause you didn't need it in the first yeah, place, feel- but it was serving some purpose. Originally you have to assume it was yeah. serving a purpose, right? It was keeping you alive. It was keeping you emotionally safe as a child. It was doing whatever it was doing, uh-huh. but then you, we grow and we don't need it anymore, but we continue to yeah. use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like oftentimes people can also use those old patterns to reinforce their beliefs, you know? And like, I've, I've witnessed it within myself 
I mean, <laughs> for many years now, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll continue to, to like, uh, witness that within myself as I continue to grow. Um, but where it's like, and I feel like they keep cropping up to, to help me, um, like learn more deeply the, that same lesson. So it's like, okay, am I really ready to hold like something higher right now? Okay. Maybe not quite as much. So there's just another layer that I have to like peel back and learn a little more deeply, a little more profoundly. And then finally I get to this place where I'm like, oh man, I can, because you know, I'm, you know, is it self-serving for me to believe that, um, you know, I cannot do it. So there's that fear of like success and this fear of failure. And well, if I just quit ahead, you know, then, then I won't have to deal with that on, on the other side or perhaps the shame or embarrassment or whatever on the other side of that. Um, or, you know, with my own like personal health, like, you know, I, I identified with having a certain, um, pathology for many years. And it wasn't until I finally was just like, I don't claim this anymore. You know, I don't, it served a purpose for some time, but I feel like I've expanded past it. Um, and now I, I release it, I surrender it. And as soon as I do, or as soon as I did, it was just like, everything just kind of transformed in a physical way. Like my body responded to me letting that go. But as I had to first integrate these new patterns and the, the new framework for me to, to get to that place where I, I grew past it. Um, but like holding something of more light of something that we've never experienced before can be such an overwhelming place as well. That's this, like, that is almost equally as scary as staying in the place that you're at. Oh yeah. I think, I feel like I've, in some ways played with that as a child. Um, because what happens when you hold that space? So what happens when you don't have that diagnosis? Who are you? Mm -hmm. What, like, that's the yeah. way you know yourself. And as painful as that is, it's safe to some, to some degree, because it's how you make sense of the world. It's also an excuse. And you, mm. we can dive down that. So that's a whole other thing. But what happens when you're free of that? Because that is a scary place. What happens when you reach success? What happens when you step in to your power? What happens when you become like abundantly healthy that you're just like glowing? What happens mm -hmm. is you have immense responsibility. It's like you yeah. are showing up for yourself and for humanity and on the other, another part of that is like, you don't have an excuse to not, I think that's a part of it. And the excuses are really comfortable, even though they suck, yeah. you know, like even though the irony and the paradox is we spend our life trying to shed the excuses or the, the things, the pathologies, the whatever, but while we're holding on to them for your life, because, yeah. um, when really like you just have to let go and, but when you let go, you have to swim and then you have to swim. And then you, I, I don't know. That's something I'm so interested in um, and like to play around with a lot and experience a lot in myself. Um, 
but I, I feel that to be a really true phenomenon for me in my life of like, can I be ready to say, and I think there are other factors. I do believe like that there's a force so divine that's orchestrating so many things. I believe there's so much more intricacy than just me saying like, I'm ready to step into something, but also mm -hmm. kind of not like, kind of like, okay. yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm so interested in that, like that little pivot that, that once I step into that, well, one, it's having the framework and I'm learning like the energetic system to hold it. Um, you know, there's a phrase that I've, I've heard a lot lately. Guru Jagat says it is like, we all prepare for our failure, but we don't ever prepare for our success. And so we're constantly preparing for how we'll fail. And that's like the scenarios in our mind that's in our physical life. So we physically don't prepare for success. And it's very fascinating. I've started to like kind of notice it in my own life. So I say I want to do these things, but am I like paving the way for it? Am I like physically making room in my life for it? So like I'm going to start writing and I'm going to start say doing a camp and I'm going to start doing things like this. But have I actually created a time in my schedule for it? Have we shifted our family mm -hmm. dynamic for it? Have I shifted my internal makeup to hold concepts and ideas and what have I done that or did I just like say I wanted to do it but it's way easier to like I don't know dream about it but like then you know not follow through um so yeah it's like being able to hold it because oftentimes we get the thing and then we can't hold the thing and that's a reinforcing belief too right that's like the same as having a story it's like yeah. oh no couldn't do it yeah. but like did you really yeah. did we really try to do it did we really like, yeah. and often we haven't been given mm. the tools to like, cause no one tells us that we yeah. school, that's another topic, but like school didn't tell you that like yeah. education didn't tell you that our society didn't like teach you how to like literally hold the highest version in any stepping stone moment of your life. And, um, mm. and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's where I ended up with it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that. No, it's perfect. You know what? It was interesting is I kind of, I pulled away from what you were saying, like, okay, on the other side of it, it's almost like you lose framework, right? You, from the framework, you lose framework on the other side. So like, you know, um, in this pattern, you have framework of how to operate. And then it's like you grow and you, you level up in a sense and then sometimes it's almost like we're number one, we may not know how to lean into the next level because we lose the framework of where we're heading to. Um, I don't know what the second one I was, there was another <laughs> one, but I'm forgetting, but like, so I'm curious if your thoughts, cause it's, you know, as we move into like a new space, right? Like, that old framework doesn't work for us anymore. Um, can we, can we, do we operate when we elevate to this new level from no framework? Is that possible? Or is it as we step into this new space where we've lost our old framework and it feels like we don't have framework, we start to create a new, a new way. And that becomes our framework. Repeat, Does that repeat make sense? your question. 
Yeah, sorry. So many frameworks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, okay, just, I want to make sure I understand exactly what you're asking, if that's okay. So, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like this weird, um, like there's this weird nuance where, you know, especially where I feel like, and we touched on this before, where consciousness, where we see consciousness moving to, there is no framework mm. for it. Yeah. Right? So, are we at a space where we have to create it? Um, or is it just simply moving forward? There is no framework and we're moving in this more fluid state. Ooh. And does that on, on, you know, for me, like consciousness reflects like the individual as well. So does that apply to the individual and how we can start to move and, and operate going forward? The good questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. I don't know. Okay. So there's two parts to that, that I want to respond to. Remind me, I want to get to the collective because that's a really, I know we're really interested in that, both of us. The one thing I will say about the individual is like I found when I, okay, sometimes I grow and I'm ready to hold it. And it's like, but oftentimes when I massively grow, when I massively up level, like on a quantum level, it's quite uncomfortable. And I've noticed this with my family as well. And it's, there's a lot to that, but oftentimes it's because we're operating from the old way still, and we're trying to hold something bigger and this doesn't work anymore. And so what happens is a disorientation and in the disorientation of like, wait, who are we? What are like our values? What are we doing? Like when we're like big time growing, that's where it gets like uncomfortable. And I've felt myself and my family like lose our way a little bit. Um, and how I am navigating that like in retrospect and now like seeing the steps we want to take going forward is trying to have respect for what we're doing more rather than like throwing things at the mm -hmm. wall a little bit and saying like, oh, we want this. Oh, like we're going to do this of like, of being a little bit more intentional with our relationships and with each other and with ourselves. So coming back to our values of what we want to experience and like having maybe the framework just looks like, okay, we meet and we discuss, and it could be with yourself too. Like I journal every morning or not every morning, but like I'm going to journal and I'm going to write this out or I'm going to meet with my partner or I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to, come back to like self, come back to like the center and reevaluate what's happening and like kind of play with it a little bit more rather than like let the thing go and like let the thing take off and you kind of just try to like stay with it. Like relay with like, relay what's, what's happening more, relay with what you're calling in deeper and like kind of constantly checking in with yourself. And then from that space, you're like, okay, what changes need to be made? What do our, what does our day-to-day -day need to look like? What do we need support? Do I need support? Do I, what new skill do I need to learn? What, where do I need to grow? What relationships do I need to let go of? Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's like, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. creating the framework as you're stepping in. So I think there's ways you can create the framework before a little bit, like individually, but where we're moving, like you're saying, like, there's so much unknown. So how, and I, I know men, not many, but I know quite a few people who feel so similarly. So it's like when we're in 
we're like in the suspension right now. Right. And things are like, there's nothing for sure. Like literally no structure, no system, no financial system, no medical system, no education. Like there's nothing that's for sure. We don't even know if like Europe economy is going to crash next week. Like literally like we don't know. And so, yeah. What do you do when you can't tangibly prepare? Like there are ways you can prepare for certain things, but like, how do you create that framework? And, um, and individually, I think it's like kind of like, at least in my life by what I just said, like coming back to, so like as things are changing, like working on my own inner practice. And I think for everyone that's different because we're all such individual souls and humans and personalities with different incarnational and familial patterns and all of that. But like what works for us to like stay in touch with like the essence of who we are and coming back to that Mm -hmm. constantly. And from that space, creating what we need in life. And from that space, that's the feminine. And that then like magic, we call it magic just because I think Mm -hmm. we don't have the framework or like the vocabulary to understand that like that's actually like quantumly linking you to community, linking you to resources, linking you to like how you said when you do that, everything changes. Like when you come from that elevated space, it affects your body, your mind, your relations. Um, so yeah, I think that's a component. And then the the big collective component is, I think, quite similar. That's a really big discussion though, like shit right now. Like it's like there is to me, like there's potential, but there's not like anything for sure. Like we're we're building it. Yeah. And I think the Personally, the only way or one of the main ways we do that is by honoring our unique life paths and desires. And that's quite uncomfortable coming from the Piscean patriarchal age, Mm -hmm. the dark ages for millennia, for like as far as our history books tell us, it has not been like this on a very deep level. And that means like there is no one right way. There Mm -hmm. is no like, I see it this way and this is the framework and this worked for me. So it's going to work for these 500 people. It probably won't. Right. And then what? Because there is there, like, there's not like a, a step-by-step thing that you can follow right now for physical safety, for financial safety, for medical safety, for, I don't know, for a guaranteed educational or like, job career for any success like there if you're really honest with yourself there's not a particular path that guarantees that currently yeah. and and in a in a different light yeah I, I really really believe that the only way forward from from my understanding is to follow our very unique life mm-hmm. path and calling and knowing and nudges and it's gonna change constantly like it's because because we're like literally creating it and yours is gonna look although we resonate so deeply yours looks different than mine and it's supposed to and like I am fed so deeply by you activating like the codes inside of you in your way Mm-hmm. I don't want you to activate them the way I'm activating them. That's boring. And that doesn't help me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. like, and so seeing you do what you're doing is so activating because it's so true 
for you. Mm. And what that does for me is that activates not what you're doing, but like that resonance in me. So like that frequency of truth or of aliveness or that code that you activated, it activates that one in me, but it's going to come online differently. So it's like the same code or the same like tune, but it manifests differently in me than it manifests in you. Mm -hmm. And so instead of looking at like the outer layer and like the external and say like, okay, that that's how we get there. It's more of like, it's the internal activations and it's the internal knowings. And those are the similarities between us all that we're activating, but they manifest differently. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Well, what I'm also hearing again is like this, um, like layer of permission, right? Like, you know, seeing you live in your most authentic, um, space and in this higher place of resonance, like it, it gives me permission to do the same. And that also goes back to like community, right? Like it's where like you giving me, like you doing what lights you up, what sets your soul on fire, what is, you know, the most aligned then reflects to me that it's possible to me. It gives me permission to start to lean into that, lean into my voice, I mean, I really leaned on you throughout the past few years to, to basically give myself the permission to be able to express myself, myself in an authentic way as well. And I don't know, and maybe that's the point of it all. And like, as we start to move in in this direction where there is no script, where there is no like real framework is that we all just start to give each other permission to, um, live from this higher place, this, this integrated authentic space. Um, because I get like, to your point, it's, it's not like, can we all do this together? Can we all just encourage each other to, you know, by example and by word or whatever to, to be your most authentic self. And to me that again, goes back and translates to every area of your life because, if you come from this aligned place, your physical well-being responds to that, right? Like it mm-hmm. resonates with that. You, in my opinion, become healthy and you start to glow in the words that you used. You know, your emotions start to reflect it as well, your mental state. And then it reverberates and like reaches this higher state of connection to source and consciousness around us so I don't know I feel like <laughs> like maybe that's what I think the framework is going for <laughs> it well because when you touch on it I don't know nothing else makes sense to me right now like and it, I'm I'm in the place where I can't do it another way like mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me anymore yeah not for lack of trying like it didn't before, but like now it really does. Like I can be encouraged and activated, but I have to show up exactly the way that I'm supposed to show up. And that voice is getting louder. That knowing's getting louder, like how to do it, but it's not going to look like how the person next to me is doing it. I can't. And I'm also becoming more conscious of like, am I making this decision out of fear or Mm -hmm. am I making this decision out of like true knowing and like, yeah. And yeah, and there's something another big piece of like 
can I trust? Like, can I really trust? Because I, I do more than I ever have. But often, like, I come back to that as like, like, I can hear the like higher voice in my head. Like when I start to doubt, it's like, you know, that like, I know that I'm held. Like, I know that this path is held, but can I lean into it? Can I really trust it? And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely think we hit on something and you hit on something, but, um, I don't know how else you move forward because I think there's like been the collective is changing at such a rapid pace and it's changing with such intensity. And right now it feels like we're in this, at least I'm experiencing like this lull, like Mm -hmm. this like slowness Mm -hmm. and it's a time of deep integration and personal activation for many people that I know. But like when it comes, like the volatility comes, it comes in like spurts and it comes, you don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I guess I mean by that is as far as planning and as far as like doing, there are certain things that you can do, but what's become increasingly clear to me is there's no, nothing for sure. Like at first when like things were breaking down, it's like, oh, this is going to happen or like this will be safe or we should do this. And now it's like, maybe not. I have no, like, if I'm honest, I have no idea. And I I personally, if you want to get really out there and esoteric, I believe like all of our realities are quite different and that our frequency and vibration will change what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so that we're actually co-creating our future our reality our current like happenings and so so even when it gets quite uncomfortable because you know like the ego like you know my ego oftentimes it's like to be like oh I like not have the solution but I have like the way right now like this is gonna work or this is gonna help and then like some like almost like right away or in a few months like something happens and I'm like I don't know if that's gonna work you know like I don't know if that's the right way um And so I've been almost forced and I consider it a blessing though, to, to really realize that like, there's nothing for sure. And that like the only thing in my belief, that's going to take me to where I'm supposed to go. And therefore where my family is supposed to go is, Mm. is yeah, living my most aligned life. And what it's doing is like putting me in touch and in situations that are completely magical and, that could not have happened on paper. Like could not have, like, I could not have planned. I'm going to do this and then we're going to do this. And then we're going to go here. Like that's not the future. Like that's. And so, so I think that's our kind of like compass and maybe that creates our framework. Yeah. I, I feel like it goes back to that, that saying it's like the only constant is change, you know? Yeah. So, and I truly believe that like consciousness you know, it's forever like evolving. Um, so, you know, it's while one thing could be the right thing right now, you know, maybe an hour from now that might change. (laughs) Right. No, a hundred percent. And that's quite uncomfortable, but then it's like, can we get comfortable with that? Can we become friends with that? And I think if we can, speaking from personal experience and to myself, I'll have a lot easier time riding this ride, you know, and that's where surrender comes in. And that's where the feminine comes in is like, 
The feminine is death. The feminine is life. And the feminine is mystery too. And so can we live in that feminine and the power of that? And then I think that kind of. Yeah. That, that truly is like such a potent place is being able to access that, you know, and, um, I, it gives me hope because I see, I see more and more people like leaning into it. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, like it, to your point, it's such an uncomfortable place to be because it's not something that we're, that I feel like we've been conditioned to do. Um, so well, so, and I'm curious, tell us a little bit more about like what it is that you're, you're working on creating for, you know, your work and what you're bringing to the world and with your family and how, how is leaning into this space starting to affect what you're doing? Okay. Let's see. So we moved to... We're on a little over 10 acres um, outside of Chattanooga. And when we moved here, we had the deep desire to, to some extent, become like sustainable, self-sustainable. And that actually has shifted <laughs> more so with just realizing. And that's another thing. Like, can I get comfortable with like my goal shifting, like with what is right for my life shifting? So being on this land has greatly affected our consciousness has affected the way we are a family, but also like we have two young kids and we are both entrepreneurs. And so that means like our schedule shifting and our life is shifting. So basically it's learning like how can, one of the better ways to say it more clear ways to say it is this has taught me very uncomfortably, but very profoundly that this is the long game. Like that I can't like come in and be like, I want a garden or like, I'm going to plant an orchard or whatever it is, because the land has its own consciousness and the land has its own journey and we are stewards of it. And also what, what can we do in a given day? What makes sense for us? What's actually nurturing is like right now, to be honest, like spending money and time, like trying to get all our food from a garden doesn't make any sense when we have a beautiful community market that we can support and sustain when our efforts could be, when our efforts I think are more potently needed in other areas of our life right now. And it's seen like, oh, that's, that's an eventual goal. And I don't like, and we are growing flowers and we are growing vegetables and we are growing herbs, but we're growing them slowly rather than right when we moved in here. I was like, I want to eat off of our land. I want to eat all our food off of our land in a year. Like that's not the way it works or that's not the way it works for us. Um, Okay. So, so with what has afforded us this lifestyle is that we are entrepreneurs and with my family of origin, we are doing technically it's investments. um, And that looks like a lot of real estate, but it looks like a lot of other things as well. And what that's doing for us is allowing us the flexibility and the freedom and to develop the skills necessary to show up differently organizationally, financially. Um, There's been, while it's extremely liberating, there's been a ton of learning curves for us in this arena. And um, we have a deep desire to take our 
finances as well as like kind of more of our life path into our own hands rather than being dependent on a lot of systems, even though no matter what, you're somewhat dependent. Like, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's doing like whatever you're doing, like you're dependent on, you're always going to, you're not existing solo. Like you're going to be dependent on tenants or patients or customers, whatever it is, but having a little bit more sovereignty in that arena and trust. So um, with doing the entrepreneur work, it's um, it's afforded me a way to envision how we can affect change in each other. Like I think I saw business before as just business instead of spiritual and deeply activating. Um, now I have a great, a much deeper respect for how when we can show up and take charge and kind of forge ahead in our life path and take some sort of like responsibility and sovereignty for ourselves that we can activate others and help others to do the same. Cause part of what we do is say like, be able to invest in startups, but more so what we're doing is like, we have, this will be a literally a life path for us, but seeing that by doing what we're doing, it activates others to do what they do and to sh- to show that it's possible because we don't learn these things in school. We don't learn how to build businesses. We don't learn how to like take a lot of risk. We don't learn the loopholes. We don't learn how like to actually get things done. And we're being humbled constantly by, by others in the arena who are doing similar things or who are way far ahead of us. Um, I don't know. That's not super clear, but, um, But with that, we are doing real estate and we're just really interested in doing like an affecting change in greater ways. But right now we're, we're mostly honestly focused on how do we um, sustain ourselves monetarily to then be able to do bigger work. So, and that's been a humbling aspect of this because I think I was really ideal for so long. And so it's merging. So it's learning that everything can be spiritual. A big journey for me right now um, is learning that like money is actually spiritual. And I believe it's been like a psyop that it's been held from so many people. I think we're essentially in like a slave system, like a debt system. And so it's not necessarily money the way we're like taught it to mean, but like what happens when we live in abundance? Like when we live in abundance or at least not debilitating chronic worry over finances, we're able to do our life's work. We're able to show up for our missions. And and of course there's a fine line with money, but we it's necessary. Um and to to see that to start to play with that idea. I've played a lot with abundance lately and I'm in the thick of it. Like I'm in the thick of the initiation of abundance because sorry, that's a tangent, but I've realized that I constantly throughout my life, no matter where I am in physical assets have a similar mentality. And it's that like, I don't have enough. Like I constantly feel like I don't have enough. And why is that? And what's the deeper reasons for that? And can I actually tell myself a different story? And then can I actually build a new framework for that? And that's, I'm in the middle of that. So I don't have like nuggets of wisdom, except that 
I am very, have become painfully aware that my story is strikingly similar no matter what assets I have. And that's absurd. Like it's actually absurd that like the story in my head is similar when I was sharing toothpaste with my husband because we couldn't afford anything else versus now. Like why am I continuing to like loop this pattern and what is it serving? And I believe it's serving me to stay safe and stay small. And what happens, and that, that that also has a lot to do with worthiness, that has a lot to do with guilt, that has a lot to do with a lot, in my opinion, of inverted stories we've been told and fed to possibly feed other things and other um, systems. Um, and that was a huge tangent. So <laughs> edit what you will, but um, what, where, where I am going is... We are currently, me and my husband, along with my family of origin, are learning how to monetarily sustain ourselves through entrepreneurship and investments as best as possible to do our work and mission through that, which can look like um, further helping causes and helping people through like business, through like through supporting each other, through learning how to be like financially sovereign in the best way possible to learning to rewrite legacy and, um, and wealth for like generations, especially for ourselves to then be able to show up in an activated way. And the flip side, not the flip side, but another portion of that is being really honest with how I want to show up and what my deeper mission is. And I have, a great desire to to use my creative force in a new way rather than like forcing things i feel like i'm in the process of learning that i'm not my creation and that i am a vessel and that i am a channel and that my job is to be the clearest version of myself and to be open to whatever is supposed to come through me, but I'm learning that I need to honor my desires, my desires to speak, my desires to write, my desires to show up. And so I'm in the process of doing that. And it also looks like working with children. And I think that's what you're getting to too, is um, this summer I did a camp with children and it looked like a nature camp and an art camp. And it was really, it was really activating. Um, and it was also kind of a nudge for me to realize that I have a deeper desire to work on a deeper level with human beings, not just children, but with humans. And so I love doing the camp and I'm actually going to do another one. So I'm going to hold one in October and it's going to be like a puppetry and a shelter building camp. And it's going to be with like 10 kids. And I'm really excited about it, but I also have a deep desire to work on a deeper level, like with the consciousness and with like creativity with children. And I don't know what that'll end up looking like, but I'm exploring it. Um, so it's kind of, I'm in, I'm in the process of like watching these pieces come together and I can feel my mind want to make sense of it and be like, no, I want to do this or I want to offer this course or I want to, how am I going to make that financially feasible X, Y, and Z. And there are that, there are those very important masculine qualities that I, that need to be addressed, but I'm very much in the space of, it's like the fine line of envisioning and then just showing up. 
and like really trusting that the next thing. So as far as like working with other humans, as far as the work that I do in the world, as far as like, I'm starting to write more, I'm starting to show up, like it's all starting to fit together, but I'm literally just doing the next thing. And that can be uncomfortable, but that's where I am. I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah, there's a lot there for me. There's a lot of guilt. Like there's a lot of, like, I have trouble reckoning. Why do some people get some things and other people don't get things? And so, um, there's a lot of programming. There's a lot of, a lot of things. And so, yeah, like if I'm going to have this thing, I need a struggle or I need to balance it. Like I need to balance it. That comes full circle to other conversations. Like part of the conversation is like, that's where I think a lot of my personal struggling comes from is like, I'm going to make myself struggle, even if it's unconscious, because then I'm deserving of these things or like I'm paying my price or whatever it is. And I firmly believe that is an insidious psyop that like we have been fed. Um, because what happens, what happens when we don't have to worry about money, like at least not, or if we can create a different framework or belief system where we are relating to it differently, where it's not the same, we're free or we're free in a different way. And the creations that are made from that space, in my opinion, are extremely potent and they're extremely dangerous. And by dangerous, I mean they're completely dangerous to the system that's in place. The, you name it, but they're completely dangerous. They don't require us to be dependent on, I would say, the vast majority of what's out there. And there's no need for it anymore and no desire for it. Because, and in my opinion, that's where we are and why we are where we are and what we're breaking free from, but it's not, it's a completely re rewiring and rewriting. And, um, so as far as my work, my personal work, I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to rewrite and rewire my relation to suffering, my relation to money, my relation to work. And that looks like what we're doing in our entrepreneurship life and also how I'm showing up to like co-create with children and eventually like I see myself doing other work in community. I really want to hold like be part of community work, but that, that also looks like the way I'm showing up as a mother. And we didn't even touch on that, but the way I see like society shifting in that way too. And it's all kind of one thing. And I'm very, very, very interested in like the empowering story that is there and that is waiting for us. And that is like waited, waiting to be activated with inside of all of us. And I believe that like, it's, it's the way forward. Um, but yeah, there, like everything else in my life, it's not fragmented or segmented. Like it's all kind of one thing. And like the more that I'm living, like the more these lessons come up or the more my, what I'm working on, the more I'm living into that. And then the more that I'm working on it in a big way, the more it becomes my work. And then my work is my life. And like, it's all one thing. So that's where I am. So I am 
currently, this could change, but I'm currently trying to focus or I am focusing more on longer form content. I'm finding that that's serving me better and my evolution better right now. So that looks like I'm spending, at least for now, a lot less time on Instagram. So I still have my handle and we can probably list it here, but it's Johnny Lease on Instagram. And then I have a Substack, and that's where lately, and it's just been about a month that I'm spending more of my time. So I'm doing a weekly Substack where it's just my writing, not just, but it's my writing and it's what the ideas that I'm working on. Um, and I really like the way that's changing the inner makeup of myself and my consciousness and kind of like the wiring of the sacredness of everyday moments. So instead of feeling fragmented, I feel like I'm like journaling and like putting it all in one place. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and then that's mostly where I put everything and we have our, um, entrepreneurship website, as well as like, I have white Buffalo heart, which is where I do my kids work and other creative work. But most of my stuff will come through both like Instagram and Substack, And then you can branch off if necessary, but that's like the bulk of what I'm doing.